Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we discuss the Colorado Rockies series split against the Milwaukee Brewers very nearly, very easily on just a couple of plays in those last two games. Could have been a series sweep, which could have been a home stand sweep for the Colorado Rockies. So in some ways, Patrick, a kind of disappointing series. That said, the Milwaukee Brewers came in one of the hottest teams in baseball. Still plenty of good play to dive into here. Of course, the four home runs in an inning where the Rockies come storming back to make it a ball game today. Uh, Obviously, a lot of good individual play. Some scary news in the set with Austin Gomber. Sadly, unfortunately, going to have to make a trip to the IL that we hope is quick and, and and with quick return we'll, we'll we'll keep our eyes on all those things but uh kind of a lot going on in in these four games with the brew crew in town and maybe the biggest news is is something that's more off the field and that is baseball really being back and Colorado baseball fans being back 118,000 plus over the course of this four-game series, which included a, a Thursday night that had a really good crowd, yeah. and fans are back at Coors Field in anticipation of the All-Star Game, and really just in anticipation of watching some competitive baseball, even if it might not be competitive on the road. It is definitely entertaining at home, and is definitely exciting. So, uh, hats off to all you baseball fans and all you fathers out there that were at the ballpark today. And if you were there yesterday, you also got a Trevor Story bobblehead uh, over the course of both days of the weekend. And so really feels like summer's here. We saw it with the heat wave that we had over the, the course of the past week. And so, you know, ba- baseball's back here on, on the front range. It's fantastic. And it's great to see the Rockies playing competitively, even if it is at, at just at home, right? It, they're, they're, they're beating really good teams because for a while they were really beating up on the bad teams. Uh, we, we saw them sweep the Diamondbacks. Right. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, and they, yeah, you, you, you're really bad if you haven't swept the Diamondbacks at least once this year. Um, but they, and, and they were somewhat holding their own, but really, you know, getting, uh, getting beat out by some of the more talented plus 500 clubs. And here this week, you know, they, they split with the Brewers who had only lost two games or rather two series on the road all season long and sweep the San Diego Padres. So hats off to all those guys. Yeah, Patrick, I I think the thing that struck me about this little mini winning streak that the Colorado Rockies went on here, uh, and I, I tweeted it out from the account, in addition to what you were just saying, not just the quality of the opponent, but the quality of the opposing pitcher, the, the, the guys that they faced. We talked about this True. a bit with Goody, but then it continued. We saw him get Lamette, Darvish, and Snell. And then you and I both went, okay, okay, okay. But Woodruff, but then no, no, we were actually, it, it was, it was once they went with Burns. That's the one where we're like, no, this is where it ends. Corbin Burns, they're done. We were like, okay, once Woodruff, you have four really great pitchers in a row. 
the, the, but this guy's been nails. Uh, we, we actually talked exactly specifically about his high run mark on the year being four. Exactly what the Rockies managed to get against him. He left an inherited runner out there as well. So there was a chance uh, to bring in that fifth run and give him his season high. We talked very specifically about that. But even though they didn't come out and like surprise the hell out of him the way they did Woodruff and like put that five spot on him early, they, they had to kind of uh, eat away at him a little bit, finding ways to win both of those games. I was like, yeah. And even as we talked about losing the way they did in these last couple with how the Brewers have been playing on the road, and it was right there. And you go, they still played good baseball games the last two days, even though they lost. Very uh, so good. On the road when they play like crap and lose. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was very good. In fact, I, I almost liken the series to the opening set against the Dodgers where they won on opening day. They lost the last three, and they were competitive. Yeah. If you go back and look at the scores, it wasn't that they were competitive. The scores really weren't that close. At no point did you think the Rockies may come back. Like they're only down two, they're only down three. You never had that sense. And you go, hey, thumbs up, kudos, good try. It also makes you think of the Red Series where they won the first two games, then were in position to win the final two and totally blew it. It was embarrassing. And here you've got yes. winning two, losing two. But in it, every single game, getting blown out six zip. They score six runs in the sixth with four home runs. Their first time doing it all season long. And even in that that final inning, you go, they they could pull this out. More Father's Day magic. It happened once with Arenado. Fuentes hit the game tying home run right. uh, to make it six six. And you go, McMahon's coming off the bench. The two guys that are kind of taking Arenado's place. You know, passing the torch. It's all there. Doesn't happen, but still much better than the narratives from the opening series with the Dodgers and the ones against the Reds. I thought about that Red series as well I, as this was going down, especially when they were down six nothing, and it and you're going, okay, they're going to split this thing. But even then, even without the comeback, you're feeling like still they play better. They're playing better. We're seeing the growth. We're going to get into some of the individual play here in just a second, but. I'd kind of resigned to that. Like, yeah, okay. Still not as bad. I, I immediately thought of that red set where it was just like, they should have beaten those guys in all of those games. They had every opportunity to, and they coughed it up. Whereas the Brewers are a good team playing well. The home run that Willie Adamas hit off of Tyler Kinley is a, you you've, that's a tip your cap moment. First of all, the Rockies are down to like their fourth option at closer, right? So you're, you're hoping Kinley gets you out of there. And the slider, he threw him low and away, right where he wanted, off the plate even a little bit. Guy takes it out the other way. He, that's a fantastic hit from a fantastic hitter. It swings a baseball game. Well done. Uh, you know, and and kind of today in this one, too, with uh, Jace Peterson coming into the, the game and ended, basically ended up being the difference on both sides there. He was a super sub late in the game. He comes in, he gets the leadoff single, didn't have to hit the ball well, just fought stuff off, made contact against a guy with heavy stuff, noticed that Bardo wasn't paying attention to him, so he steals second base, which made all the difference in the W. No way that flare shot from Vogelbach is bringing in a run if he doesn't take second. And then two big defensive plays against Tapia and Blackman, who hit hard grounders to first base that Vogelbach probably not going to field so that's no. baseball man that's great that's you, you tip your cap to the brewers and, and jace peterson for being a 
a difference maker in a close ball game between two teams who are playing each other well and competitively. A great ball game out there today. Yeah, and, you know, yesterday's game felt like it was a lot longer. It was, it was three hours and 40 minutes, I think, was the final time, but it felt like it went on a lot longer than that. And that's because Craig Council's, you know, he's managing, and rightfully so. His, he's trying to, you know, win a, a NL Central pennant. Yeah. But, you know, he's making a lot of these double switches and uh, and really big moves and saying, look, we, I need everybody. I might need you all nine, or I might need you for half the game, whatever it is. A lot of mixing and matching for for a lineup that, kind of had been struggling a little bit. And, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. ended up being productive mainly because, you know, the, the Rockies really weren't giving him anything to hit, which was, was unfortunate. But, yeah, great breakdown on that with, with Peterson and and what he was able to, to provide, especially defensively there, you know. Yeah. And, like, what were the odds that then you're going to hit two balls that are well struck to a place where they're normally rolling out a, a minus defender? And that's yeah. going to be extra bases for Tapia to start. <laughs> the ninth inning, you're yep. almost certainly going to score. The same the- guy who started the rally in the sixth, too. Yeah. With a single to, to extend his hit streak. Right. 217 games, Daza yeah. homers, et cetera, et cetera. It goes on down the line. And so you say, hey, this is exactly how it's going to be. So I'm glad that, that you like those comparisons because the next, there's only two more four game sets at Coors Field coming up. The next one is, is right around the corner, four game set with the St. Louis Cardinals. So okay. that will be exciting to see if the Rockies can hang. Again, they won two against Cincinnati versus only one against the Dodgers, but that was a frustrating two because it definitely could have been a lot more. This one, a lot of, lot of hat tipping to the Brewers because they could have won all four. We'll see how they do against the Cardinals, and then at the end of the season they'll have four against Atlanta. So that's kind of it, it's kind of interesting to think that in a four-game set, you go, well, this Rockies team – you know, not really going to be a contender. They're going to be at the bottom of the NL West. You know, they're going to, they're going to, teams are going to really beat up on them. They're going to go one and three in a lot of these. And it's only been one so yeah. far. And it's against the Dodgers, who most Dodgers. people would have guessed would have been 0 and 4. And, and no, they were able to, right. to sneak out an opening day victory. Yeah. And if you're going to get three dubs in any of these, you want it to be the one against the Cardinals, of course. You, definitely you can do. only pick one of them. So on the fourth yeah. of July, and you want to, and you don't want to win the first three, and lose the fourth. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. So no, you no. give them, you give them one on Friday or Saturday. Yeah, that's fine. The second one, you want to win the opener. You know, <laughs> we're, definitely. we're planning it out uh, for sure. Well, I'll tell you what. You mentioned one of the guys. We got to toast our Breck brews and our Breck Celsius and our Strava Craft coffees on this day too, and we can also get bigger. Breck Brews, and you can get Strava Craft Coffee Cold Brew and Wagyu Beef Burgers all down at the DNVR Bar, and you get a bigger beer if you're a member of the family. That's just one of many, many things you get for subscribing to the DNVR.com. Go there today. Check it out. Super simple to find the stuff. Subscribe for the year long. You get access to all the written content, constant discounts on hats and masks, and access to the Discord channel to come and hang out with us, chat 24-7 about anything and everything under the sun and right now when you get that annual we'll hook you up with a free shirt from the dnvr locker and a free holistic stick from holistic wellness check them out at h-o-l-i-s-t-i-k wellness.com and use promo code dnvr30 to get 30 percent off on all your cbd needs from them once you do have that free sample stick just for becoming a member of the family today come hang out with us join the most fun community 
of sports, certainly in Colorado. And I, I you know, I can't claim because I know a lot of people who remember this. But you don't even have to be in Colorado, just a, a Colorado sports fan. Because I know a lot of people don't even live in the state bounds. But man, it, it's we're having a blast out here, despite the fact that Avs and Nugs ended a little earlier than people wanted to Broncos are in a weird place. We all know what's going on with the Rockies, but one thing we've got here at DNVR is each other, man. And, and it makes it so that you all remember those times when the team didn't have it. And those are the times you're looking back on when they're figuring it out years later going, man, remember that time they hit four home runs in an inning and Josh Fuentes tied it up. And <laughs> those are the times you're talking about, or maybe the time that Rymal Tapia went on and at least at this point we know 17 game hit streak uh and patrick it's not and i I think i've made this comparison once before but i want to make sure that i did say this on the show i think i maybe said this on twitter this reminds me exactly of the player that i discovered in 2013 at that exact moment in grand junction when he was in the middle of a 29 game hit streak and what i always tried to remind people was and and i've said this on the show before during that time he wasn't going one for four every night with a single through the right side he was spraying doubles he was getting hits this way and that way he'd lay a bunt down every once in a while the occasional double no home runs but it was two sometimes three hits a night and that's what we're seeing out there this is not just a 17 game hit streak it's a so they don't have the numbers updated for today, but coming into today in the 16 games, he was batting 438 on basing 453 and slugging 630. And then today he got a couple of base hits and a walk. He had two hits in that sixth inning. Two hits two. in one inning. Yeah. <laughs> two hits in a you can't DraftKings won't give you the the <laughs> the bet on whether or not he'll get a hit in a game. They should allow you to throw down some money on whether or not he'll get two hits in an inning. Yeah. It, again, probably not going to be a big payout because no. that does happen a lot at home. And yeah, in that, in those 17 games too, 12 of those 17 games have been multi-hit efforts. So like mm-hmm. put, put that in perspective, right? So I, I think it was, um, well, at the start of the, the, the month uh, before his 17 game hit streak, he was at 253. Yeah. He was at 253 as a batting average uh, on the year. And now he's at 306. So yeah. he's, he's definitely lifted his average in a, in a, in a major way. I, I think going into today um, he was in the national league. He was sixth, had the sixth lowest strikeout percentage just behind Charlie Blackman and just ahead of the cousin. And so Was he's putting right? the ball in play. He's 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 creating action. He's doing the thing that we all want. He's doing he's doing the thing that MLB is struggling to try to get to happen, but wants it to happen without foreign substances, even though they put mud on a baseball and may create their own MLB approved foreign substance. There's a lot of craziness going on, but the one thing that isn't crazy. Uh, in a clinical sense, is Ryan Maltapia. He's just he's just crazy in the baseball sense. Just, the way he's able to put bats a ball like that. It just what, and this is what's so funny to me because the question about these types of players, as you were just talking about, this sort of panacea style of you can't shift on him, you can't even really bring the infield in on him because a hard hit ground ball anywhere with the infield in has a higher chance of getting through. There's just like so many things that 
you can't do all the things you do in modern baseball to take. You can't pitch a certain way because you know he's trying to lift the ball in the air. So that way your only goal as a pitcher is to throw him stuff he can't lift in the air. It's like Tapia is fine hitting at 111 miles an hour on the ground because, yeah, sometimes it'll go right to the shortstop. And some people hate this brand of baseball. And they just hate it. And I, I get it. But one of the reasons why is because it's supposed to be unsustainable. It's supposed to stop. It's, it was supposed to keep him from getting to double A. And then it was supposed to keep him from getting to AAA. And then it was supposed to keep him from getting to the big leagues. And then it was supposed to keep him from ever becoming a regular starter. And then he was never supposed to be able to replicate what he did at the minors at the big league level. And now he's doing all of that. And I get why people are going, okay, but he's not going to be able to keep doing it. And there's a short list of guys that have. That's the other thing. It's true. Like the Kenny Loftons and the Ichiros and the Juan Pierres and those guys are, they're exceptions to the rule. But we've got to allow people the chance to be exceptions to the How do you not look at Primal Toppy and see that this is quite obviously an exception to the rule type of baseball player? I mean, this is no joke. He's done this against, we lifted off, we listed the names of the pitchers too. You can't just go like, oh, okay, well, he caught a stretch or he's just doing just doing a thing. He hit, he did this in the minor leagues against the top 50 prospects. Like, he's not going to hit 430 for the rest of the year, folks. He, is, <laughs> he does have 33% of all home runs hit against Jacob DeGrom this season. <laughs> That's right. Keep that in mind right. as well. In fact, the Rock, well, the Rockies have 67% of all the home <laughs> runs. But forget about Ryan McMahon for a second. We'll, we'll big him up in a bit. But, right. yeah, Tapia is doing that. So they've played 73 games. How so? There's there's quality in quantity, right? We think of we look at OPS as being this marker of, you know, how how good a player is, and you know that's something that helped Larry Walker out because he yeah. was hampered a little bit by injuries. And you go, well, what if he was healthy? Well, we don't know, but when he was healthy, here's how good he was. And you saw it, it took all ten years, yeah. um, the tenth and final year for him to finally get in. And you go that. He's great. And Ramel Tapia is not on the level of, of Larry Walker, right? No. And he never will be. No. But what we can say is that, you know what? What if what if Larry Walker had maybe been less aggressive or just – he couldn't have had a different game. His game was, was his, his, game was his, his style. Game. Right. But there is still a value in that. You know, there, there is quality in quantity that I find, right? So, you know, there's been 73 games. He's played in 70 of them. It's the most of any National League outfielder. He has the third most hits of any National League outfielder. I think right now he's, um, as far as wins above replacement, he is about 10th most. So, I mean, again, that's That's, someone who – For a guy who has a really hard time accumulating war because he doesn't hit for power and because he plays at Coors Field uh, and because his defense is – sometimes good and sometimes not and and defensive statistics have a hard time dealing with that Mm -hmm. that's i'm surprised that he's 10th i'm glad you're you're reading that one off because i wouldn't have thought that his war would have been anywhere yeah yeah wrc plus doesn't like him as much it has him at 98 but we know that's that's more of a course field thing than than anything but yeah he's ps plus has him over at like 105 or 103 right now so that's kind of interesting that there's that sort of difference i believe he's still second amongst leadoff batters and rbi not a stat a lot of people love but part of that's because he's hitting over 400 with runners in scoring position uh because he doesn't strike out uh, <laughs> you know that's a yeah. that's a huge part of it uh also the rbi yeah the the sacrifices 
Um, <clears throat> I also think it would be funny because you know, the old argument, you know, against don't use RBI, uh, you know, back when it was like Nolan or whatever, it's like he has an inordinate number of opportunities with guys on base and, you know, Coors Field helps and you're going to drive in more runs. It's like, okay, look, Raimel Tapia is batting leadoff for the Colorado Rockies. These Colorado Rockies, who for the entire year have been running out an eight-hole hitter who's batting a buck fifty, whether it's been Diaz or Nunez, and then the pitcher spot. Those are the people batting in front of Raimel Tapia. So his high RBI total is not because he's just had uh, uh, just extreme wealth of opportunities. Uh, I was looking through the numbers the other day. We can get into this one later, but uh, Joey Gallo has had far more RBI opportunities than Raimel Tapia this year, and bats in the middle of the order and hits the ball over the wall and has fewer RBI on the season. Yeah. Yeah. Tapia's second, even on baseball reference, second on the team and wins above replacement. Um, obviously, you know, well behind Ryan McMahon, Chris Owings is 12th who hasn't <laughs> played since on the Scottsdale, I think yeah, he's when on the comeback active, trail. Yeah. He a, should be activated off the IL. Um, Connor Joe is expected to, to probably be the one that does go back down. So expect ooh. to see Chris Owings this week. Uh, third is Garrett Hampson, and fourth might be a surprise uh, for wins above replacement right now. Jonathan Daza is oh, fourth. Really? Before you get to Herman Marquez is fifth, Crone. Josh Fuentes sixth, mm. Gomber seventh. You know, a little low down there. Crone eighth, Michael Givens ninth, uh -huh. Trevor mm. Story, and John Gray. Maybe you've wow. heard of them. Are tenth and eleventh, and again, they're all of those numbers are very much compressed and are very close in. And, you know, a good series will shift it around a little bit. Right behind Michael Givens, just as we all had at this point in the season, just like Obviously. we all had it, you know, totally. Uh, but uh, Story actually did look a lot better these last couple of days. Hit a couple of big, big honking yonkers. I believe that's I believe that's the technical term. For the, the, H wise. He had a couple of H wise honking yeah, yonkers. Yeah, yeah. honking yonkers. Uh, cause, uh, yeah, and he, he really appeared. I actually do think that despite the fact that, you know, he, he had a, a monster jam in the middle of that whole comeback. My favorite thing from story was just how excited he seemed for Joshua when, yeah. when he hit his, that tied it up and just that, that, that moment, that feeling of forgetting about everything else and just being a member of a team and being excited to be a part of something. And that's my guy and we're doing a thing and we're all part of this. I thought that was, that was a pretty cool, fun, special moment. Maybe one of the, the last uh, that we're going to, so we got to cherish those moments as, as we see them with Trevor and Rocky's uniform. For sure. Yeah. He's, he's starting to heat up. You know, he, he was only activated yeah. uh, off the IL on, on June 10th and wasn't able to get a hit in uh, four games on the road. So that was his first home run since May 21st that he finally, uh, he got, uh, did get a hit in all seven games at home so he's got himself a nice little streak he lifted his batting average 21 points so again he's uh he's he's heating up at just the right time uh as as, as a showcase piece so to speak and, and you're right you got to cherish those moments as as far as other showcase pieces as soon as daniel bard gets back on track oof yeah do you do you, do you think he he's got to go almost immediately are you worried yeah. about bard is it um it's only... tough out there He's he's a cardiac guy. He really makes the heart uh, yeah. start so pumping. I think the the Brewers actually. This it's been like four different times. I feel like in a game against the Brewers, I've seen something that like 
absolutely pinpointed an issue. I had, I re, I'm thinking particularly of when Ryan Braun stole a base against Adam Ottavino in 2018. And I realized in that moment that Ottavino had a very real issue holding people on and controlling the run game. And the Brewers had just exposed that in the most obvious way possible by being not at all subtle about it. They just did the same thing with the left-handed hitters and Daniel Bard. Precisely. Daniel Bard has a very real left-handed hitter problem, which sucks when he's your closer because you want him to be able to go out and get the ninth no matter who is out there. But whoever you're trading Daniel Bard to, he's probably not going to be their closer. And if anyone who's acquiring him for some seventh, eighth inning, maybe even sixth inning duties, depending on who it is, can make sure that they're bringing him in and matching him up at a time in the game, you know, so, so I think it's weird because the Rockies can't like, they can't only throw him against righties right now to best showcase him and show right. that to other people. But if he keeps going out there against lefties, get knocked around, you know, you've, you've got to hope the, you, you just got to hope those numbers against righties maintain almost and, and point to that. Cause it, it's a bummer. Um, and it didn't even feel like he pitched terribly today. A couple of pitches caught too much of the zone, but he still got 99. He's still got a pretty wicked slider when he hits a spot. So, yeah, I would trade him as soon as possible, though. I, I do think to protect those, to protect from exactly what I was just talking about. Too many chances where those lefties are going to go out, make his overall numbers look worse. Yeah, while while he has struck out uh, about twice as many lefties as righties uh, in in similar amount of innings pitched, uh, lefties. Uh, have a 351 batting average against him, which you go, all right, that's pretty high. Well, that also equates to a 6.48 ERA against against lefties. Uh, but righties are only batting 188, 1.35 ERA. So again, uh, definite splits that you know favor you know, going against those right-handers. So that's that's been hard. That's that's been tough. But you're right. Um, you you can't set him up for success. He's He's the closer. That's it. He just has to have that job. Um, un unless you do see Bud, you know, maybe mix and match a little bit. I like to see Estevez in that spot. It's funny. Yeah. I think it was, was it, it may have been Friday night. There were a lot of things that we were talking about on uh, our second part of our, our Friday conversation saying, Hey, who else is available down in AAA? I think when you trade those three guys that uh, you might see Joe Harvey, sure enough, Gomber gets hurt. We do see Joe Harvey That's come up Joe. now. He was put on the 40 man roster as Jordan Sheffield gets shifted to the 60 man. Uh, we talked about, Hey, maybe Justin Lawrence becomes that guy. Sure enough. He was warming up there. They, and I was going to say they had him warming up. I kind of, I was kind of hoping they just throw him into the fire. And, and McMahon even got in that bat late, I think against Josh Hader in the ninth. And I go, you know what? I would love to be perfectly wrong. And McMahon does get the homer on Friday night and he does do it against a lefty. Yeah. So boom, right there. It didn't happen, but, mm -hmm. um, Again, it's, it's it's one of the fun things looking in that crystal ball and trying to figure some things out. So, you know, Bardo, um, you know, he's he's been a really good member of the organization while he's been here, and you know, it's it's hard, and I, I think that's something that, um, you know, Dick Dick Monfort can can have some trouble with is is having that loyalty, and you know, it's it's not firing someone; it's different. You know, when when you're you're loyal to your employees and, and to your company and uh, you and I saw that yesterday. We were at a at, at someone's wedding from yeah. from the company, and uh, and it was great. Everyone was there, and there was that unity. And it's like, yeah, no, we are 
a family. And there is just, again, loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. Um, but in baseball, it, it is a business. And I think players and, and, and front office can understand, like, look, you traded me, that's fine. But you're also trading me to a better place. You, you haven't fired me. I haven't done anything wrong. So um, hopefully that'll, that'll be like a, a hurdle that this organization can get past a little bit, especially in this transition mode where you can – have a great guy like Daniel Bard. Need to do trade him. Bring in the next Dan O'Dowd, man. Bring in something good. Bring in somebody good. But then you can still bring in another veteran guy that yeah. can lead the way that Daniel Bard did. So you know you can have your cake and eat it too, and say, hey, we wish you well. Maybe you're pitching for those same Brewers. Maybe you're going to the AL, pitching with Cleveland or Chicago, and he's going to the postseason and winning a World Series there. It can be a win-win. So we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, no, I mean, it's this franchise has absolutely done that before, so it'll be interesting to see, yeah, which way they go because Jeff Breidich was such a I'm not going to make any transactions guy, and before him, Dan O'Dowd was I'm going to make all the transactions all the time guy, and so it's like maybe finding a a happy in between there, uh, I think sure. would probably be a, a solid situation, and it's tough for Bill Schmidt right now being an interim GM who's. Who knows he's not going to be the GM for this team moving forward. Uh, but you still have to execute a trade deadline, and he's still going to be a part of the team moving forward, almost certainly. And so he, he obviously has every incentive to help set the team up for success in the future. Uh, but it, but it's, yeah, it's, it's tough when you're kind of setting up a roster that someone else is going to take over and ultimately decide to build on whatever foundation is put there or you may even not finish setting the foundation you may just help like finish drawing two-thirds of the blueprints and then have to leave the room <laughs> it's like i don't know here it's the best we got but uh it's going to be a fascinating deadline man and and the relievers you just got to move them you just got to move the relievers so uh yeah all right few other guys we should get into guys that are putting smiles on our faces big happy smiles brought to you by our friends over at green mountain dental check them out just 15 minutes outside of downtown denver they'll hook you up with a free sonicare toothbrush when you schedule your cleaning x-ray and exam today speaking of treating you like family they know how to do it especially when you've got those big for some people like me, potentially scary dental procedures you've got to go through. They make it as comfortable and, dare I say, even fun as possible by getting you taken care of nice and fantastic. And you might need them if you've been eating a whole lot of illegal peats lately, like I have been swinging on by illegal peats. You know it's delicious. You know it's fantastic. I don't need to sell you on the quality of illegal peats. If you're from Colorado, if you're outside Colorado and you, and you don't know what we're talking about, and you're like flying in sometime, you're, you're coming in for the weekend. You're like, hey, I'm going to Coors. You know, sometimes people hit me up on Twitter and I might, you know, think, tell you to go by the DNVR bar and a few other spots. And I might forget Illegal Pete's because I'm so used to everybody here knowing what it is. But if you're you're from outside, man, you got to swing by. There's one right down there on Colfax just by the DNVR bar. There's one 16th Street, too, if you're doing that, if you're doing right. the 16th Street Mall. If you're going up to, to Boulder for uh, for even just sightseeing, you can see one on Pearl Street. There's even one up on the hill if you're if you're taking in a game at Folsom Field yeah. uh, for some CU buff. So they're, they're, they're in all of the hot spots you want to be at this summer in Colorado. Check them out. And they're a huge part of the community. I, th I don't know if they're still hiring and, and doing that whole thing, but, you know, they, they pay their workers extraordinarily well. They start them out yeah. at $15 plus tips and giving people like, 
and you get free food and all these discounts and all these perks for working there. They treat their workers really well. They're a big part of the community. And that's one reason why they're trying to encourage people to go out to events. If you show them a same day ticket to any event, it just says any event. I don't know if you went to a comedy show, if you went to a concert, uh, obviously the ball game, whatever, take your ticket in. They'll hook you up with a free draft beer or house margarita with the purchase of an entree down there at Illegal Pete's, man. And if it's on your phone, I mean, again, paper tickets, we know. We're, yeah. You're thinking, oh, man, I got a printout. No, no. This is your phone. This is your ticket yeah. right now is on your phone. Yeah. So you can go ahead and use that. And the other thing, too, that I, I learned was uh, that, that I found interesting, and, and we don't have to dig into this at all, but like when you support local business, more of the money that you spend stays in Actually the community. stays in the community. That's it's a not like, thing. you know, goes to a corporation and stuff. And you get it because it's like, yeah, the corporation set that up and, you know, you, you've got the franchise fees and yada, yada. Taxes and but, exactly. But, but no, when you when you spend yeah. local, uh, that money stays in the community. Yeah. Uh, in such a, so you, you get that money back too, in, in, in a sense. It's like, you know, when, when you, for those folks, I always said when you get rich, but I don't know if anyone listening to this will get rich, but... If one is rich and you, yeah, and, and you're donating money, right? And you're doing these charity things and you're like, oh, you paid how much for that in charity? It's really worth a quarter of that. That's okay. You get money back when you donate mm -hmm. uh, at, at a certain level. And so in a, in a weird way, when you're supporting local businesses like Green Mountain, Denver, uh, Green Mountain, Green Mountain Dental, uh, Illegal Pete's, DNVR, uh, Gabby Insurance, you know, uh, DNVR Mortgage, all, all of those. They are, they are local businesses and that money stays in the community. And so you get that back as well, yeah. somewhere down the line. Yeah. It's great. It's, it, it's all about, uh, like you said, community. And that's what our guy, Charlie Blackman has been about taking in this community, saying all the very nice things about Denver and Colorado and being a Rocky at a time when people aren't feeling particularly great about being a part of the Rockies family and being a part of the Rockies community. And we have, talked about him really becoming the the captain and it, it's weird like people might think hasn't it kind of always been a but actually no like not really uh it was such a fair question you asked me in that last time we were in the studio because it was like it, he was in that weird spot where you know Nolan was always kind of the obvious superstar player and then during Charlie's best season ever Nolan was maybe arguably slightly better and Trevor was the hot new thing. And yeah. he was great. Right. And the, you know, you had the time, the era before them belonged to cargo and Tulo and all the stuff that went on there. And he really has finally embraced this Papa bear or big brother. I think you're right. It's more of the, he's the big brother of the team or kind of the, the fun uncle that introduces you to professional wrestling. That's literally how I, I got into it. My, my fun. He's my the funkle. He's the funkle. The funkle. Yeah. Mm. Is that, a, is that what you want to be? Yeah, it's your fun Uncle Dave who shows you The Undertaker versus Stone Cold Steve Austin when you're 13 years old and you're like, this is awesome. That's Charlie Blackman. And he's just there for these guys. He's doing the thing. The bat really has come alive. I thought he was going to walk it off there at the end. I really did with, with representing the go-ahead run with Trevor on base. He thought base hit Trev. Home run Charlie. Ball game. Didn't go down that way, but still... Really nice to see because early on, after that first month, there were some people who went, That's it. Charlie's old. Yeah. 
especially after the way that last season ended, where he, yeah, you right. know, he's batting five hundred, he's batting four hundred, and then he didn't even get to three hundred by the end of the season. And you go, oh shoot, man, he's he fell off. But it was, you know, again, very Weird. very small sample yeah. size. And you go, ah, he's going to catch up to him. And it always does. It, it's still undefeated. Gets By the time, win. it has never lost. But he's still providing so much, you know, to, to this team and, and playing through. Again, it's not that we know he's playing through injuries, but with a team like this, you, you got to do things a little bit uh, extraordinarily. Um, the, you got to make certain exceptions and say, look, I, I, I might be playing hurt here because we don't really have anybody else and I need to – maybe lead by example. And some of those things can happen in a season like this. When you've got that transition, you have so many inexperienced young boys on the team, like, like the Rockies do uh, the lost boys as it were. So um, hat, hats off to, to Charlie for, for doing it. And, you know, maybe we'll see him in the home run derby. That really would be nice. That yeah. really would be nice. Be all right. Be all right. They usually, boys. usually have someone from the hometown team. It'll be him or story. We'll see. It'll be yeah. I and and even if Mac is their representative, I wouldn't sure. be surprised if if they just let it kind of be the year of Ryan McMahon a little bit, especially if he hits a couple more. He can get to twenty. What it was? Yeah, sixteen right now. He can get to twenty by the All Star game easy. So, uh, I, it's funny if you were doing a a home run derby and you had to choose two guys that were kind of you know similar uh, power numbers or. Uh, power profiles, if you were, would you rather have a right-handed hitter or a left-handed hitter at Coors Field in a derby? In a derby, you want to be a right-handed hitter. I, I would also agree you'd want to yeah. be a right-handed hitter that, that at Coors. Ball, the scoreboard and right. Especially with the Breidich barrier. And now the Breidich barrier, that's going to get some guys. There are going to be some dudes that hit some. Shohei Otani might hit a ball through the Breidich barrier. Uh, but those are going to be some annoying. That should yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. Uh, so yeah, because you got you got to get it up over that wall. There's a shorter wall for most of uh, left there. Mm-hmm. You can just kind of hook it out. I do think it's even a little bit closer too, though. I'd have to look at that. I'd, I'd have to double check the dimensions. But yeah, yeah, it's an interesting question. Captain Blackman. Captain Blackman. Uh, you mentioned the Lost Boys. Brendan Rogers remains pretty good. Uh, it's kind of funny. We've it, we've almost gotten to this point now where you know him just kind of going one for four, having some nice at bats, drawing a walk here or there, bringing the RBI in with the sack fly when he needs to, and you just kind of it's just kind of become normal. And we've at least fully moved out of the stage where Brendan Rogers couldn't hang that those first hundred at bats where. It looked ugly. I think, I think I looked at like a negative 12 OPS plus, or I was like, I didn't even know you could do that. Um, he's well past that. I mean, not putting up monster numbers by any means, but you know, the 756 OPS uh, is solid for a guy who is essentially a rookie. I know he's actually exhausted rookie status, but uh, really is just trying to make his way still pretty young. Uh, we saw the pop on the road. Interestingly enough, he's the only guy. Yeah. I think the Rockies have only hit. So, oh, who? Because I was listening to the opposing sixteen I, road home runs. Sixteen road Zero. home runs. And Rogers has two of them, three maybe, uh, and they were all on that last road trip. 
And so, you know, that's kind of fascinating as well. So maybe he can help the offense a little bit when they go out uh, on the road. Maybe he can be a part of the answer. But either way, it's just been fun watching Brendan Rodgers get to play all the time and being excited and not worried when he comes to the plate, right? When he walks up there, you're right. like, oh, God, please don't strike out. Please don't strike out. Please don't strike out. Or hit a weak-ass grounder right at the first baseman. Like, you know, he's got a chance to have a good at-bat, put the ball and play hard. Totally different Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, went over four today, but as you said, no strikeouts. Again, putting the ball in play is is good. He's hanging, which, hey, look, I get it. There are people that are probably going to be disappointed in that. When you got a, a guy who's the third overall pick, you're like, oh, you should, you should be getting to the point of excelling. Um, and he's not. I don't. I don't know that we're going to necessarily see that this season. I think he's um, going to kind of go the way of of a lot of Rockies guys. Um, in, in recent memory where, again, it took Ryan Maltapia to, to hang around a little bit and, and figure out what it, what it means to be a, a player over the course of a six-month season, and now he's got it figured out. Even Ryan McMahon, where it kind of took him a little bit, where 2019 we thought would be his season of completely breaking out, didn't happen, and then we thought 2020, even in a short burst of a 60-game season it would happen, didn't happen, and now finally it's coming to fruition. So you know that that could be um, that could be the way that Rogers ends up going. So it it might not be until twenty twenty three that we really see him have close to a McMahon or even Tapia type season this year. And again, that's fine. He's his own player. He's his own man. You know, once once you draft a guy or once you sign a player and you give him a certain amount of money, whatever it is, you know, it it it's hard to look at it's hard to look at certain details and and um. And, and, and the fine print that, that goes in with, with a contractor, that goes in with, you know, how you acquired a player. And you just have to say, well, what, what is this guy doing? Regardless of, of what he's getting paid or what is he doing, right. you, you kind of have to step away from that at times. You understand why it's part of the dialogue. I mean, he will forever be the third overall pick there yeah, in the that, 2015 draft. Yeah. But right now he's he is contributing and he's finally doing it. And he's, he's figuring it out because – as we saw one year later, Riley Pint, he's just done. Yeah, he's, he's retired. So, uh, as it were, it, it is nice to see Rogers out there getting you know regular playing time, and 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 Buddy really kind of mixing and matching nicely. Where you know between Fuentes and and McMahon at third base, Rogers and McMahon at second base, Crone and Fuentes at first base. It it's been going nicely. I think it's keeping everybody fresh. Uh, it's keeping uh, all those guys off the IL, which is is what you really like to see. So um, we'll we'll see what happens. And Jonathan Daza too. Don't don't forget about him as as he's been, yeah. Um, you know, doing really well. He's got himself a nice little hit streak uh, as well. Nine games. He's batting three eighty nine during that that stretch. He had his second home run. He's he's actually hit safely in eighteen of his last twenty one games, um, batting three sixty four in that span. So. Uh, hat, hats off to him. A lot of a lot of hats being taken off for these guys. Yeah. Of, I don't know why that, of, that's the phrase that pays today. Hey, hats <laughs> off to this guy. Hats <laughs> off. Toast to the Breck brew to these guys. Because, yeah, I mean, they're – and Jonathan Daza, I went back and looked the other day because I had to remind myself, like, who all did I even make sure to 100% include? Actually, what I was checking for was to make sure that I had – and in my recollection was correct. I had written it before – uh, the Nolan trade. And so Austin Gomber was not a part of the Lost Boys, but it just occurred to me that 
he fit that definition perfectly, right? Where he, he was no longer a rookie. He was no longer a prospect. He's not even especially young. He's going to turn 28 this year, but yeah. he uh, he's a low experience, low wear and tear, long-term team control guy who's still growing in his value and obviously growing into his game. So again, that's why you go, well, the Rockies don't have any future because they don't have any prospects. And that's why I point to this group of players. Gomber fits perfectly right in there. Daza, I didn't even include. Daza was like an honorable mention, like at the end was like, oh yeah, and this guy could be a thing. I don't have much hope that he could be, but look out for maybe in there. Look, you could say the same thing and I'd be more inclined to believe it about Dawson than we said about Tapia because it is rare that you can continue to be successful this way. I said what I say a couple of days ago, the home run, the only home run he had earlier in the year, that's the only type of home run that he can hit on fastballs coming in at him that he turns and hooks to left field. And that is exactly what he did today for his second one on the year. Like, all right, he knows what he's got. Um but you've got to just, again, tip the cap, take it off, do it, do whatever, because until he stops, Tapia and Daza have become an incredibly fun contact machine, speed tandem, pull your hair out because you feel like you made your pitch and you're, you've got runners first and third, nobody out a lot or, or you know, the situation. They've been a lot of fun to watch. So good on Daza, man. Yeah, in uh, baseball reference, He's a little bit behind Rymel Tapia and Fangraphs. He's actually a little bit above wins above replacement. So he's he's Probably definitely been one of the biggest surprises. Um, and that'll that'll be something for a podcast down the road. You know, biggest yeah. surprises of the first half. Gomber, of course, has to be number one. And then I think Jonathan Daza probably would be number two right after I that. I think so. I, and you just reminded me because I, I imagine his war. Well, I know his war is is he's look, he's getting great contact hitting, but he's getting fantastic defensive numbers as well. He's been phenomenal out there. He made a stupendous yeah. catch, maybe his best catch of the season in this series, uh, crashing into the center field wall and kind of laying out there and, and taking a minute to just breathe in. Uh, but he is, man, he is an extraordinary defender. So if he can figure out how to keep making contact, if it's not the Rockies, he'll, he'll, he'll make himself a nice little career, whether it's with the Rockies or someone else or what. He'll be those guys you look back and you go, you know, Daza played 10 years in Major League Baseball. He was rarely a starter, this, that, or the other. But, boy, can he go get the baseball. I love watching him play center field. Yeah, only had the one hit today. Uh, but going into the day uh, of, of outfielders in the National League with at least as many plate appearances as he had only Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos, both of the Cincinnati Reds, had a higher batting average. So yeah. he was 331 on the day, finishes at, at 328. So, man, he's he's been doing it. He's yeah. he's he's Ryan Altapia light in a, yeah, right. in a roundabout way. Yeah. And in some, some ways better, like you said, defensively. Defensively. He can go and do that. Yeah. Uh, you said the pop, yeah, he might not hit as many. I know Tapia's um, struggling to, to hit the long ball, but, but you know he'll – you probably put your money on Tapia to have not only just more home runs, but just extra base hits too yeah. on, on top of that. Um, but yeah, those, those two have been fun to watch so far this year. A lot. And in all of this fun talk about the lost boys and the young guys and, and who's proven that they can hang. Let's not forget about the old fogies. Let's not forget <laughs> about the old kroners. In fact, let's not forget to name him our draft king of the game. CJ Crone, 
and and I think you were right to call him this. This was your call. We we went back and forth on this a little bit. You know, it could have been Tapia, could have been a few other people as a part of that uh, big rally there. But okay, Tap starts you with the single. Daza gets just his second home run of the year. Well, there's a jolt of electricity. He went from six nothing to six two. Okay, and, and all of a sudden Eric Lauer has been pretty on top of things. You, you've rocked him back a little bit, but it's still a six two ball game, right? Then Trev gets you one and drives the starter out of the game. So now you've entered a new phase of the baseball game, but you're still down three, right? Yeah. And they, they've got a fresh arm coming in. Blackman gets a little single. Nice to keep that momentum going. Big play there. I think really the energy comes to the whole thing. CJ Crone hits that monster home run in that moment. Suddenly, like five minutes ago, it was a six nothing game. And now it's a five, six game after that Crone shot. And, you're, and he just kept everything going. Uh, had a couple of big ones on this homestand and, and really started to. Uh, we've talked about, of course, with these more veteran players showcase himself a bit for any contending team that might be willing to part with a nice little young pitcher for a guy who can hit a baseball like that in a big moment for them because it would appear and remember the first three weeks where it looked like cj crone had forgotten how to swing a baseball bat and we thought long time ago now like in the middle of this game he might have to retire and then i think he hit a home run at the end of that game and he's kind of he's been better since but he's had a few other ugly stretches but man this homestand very good yeah yeah four home runs uh like you said against the padres and brewers 10 for 24 uh also had a double 10 rbi over this homestand so not only did he get it done today to earn the DraftKings sportsbook king of the game but he did it this entire series and, and had one of the more memorable quotes uh, when asked about, you know, losing uh, on the road and, and trying to win on the road, but falling fly. He said, well, you know, you got to win somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess, I guess you do. So you win somewhere. I win somewhere. All right. So let's win a course field. Yeah. Good idea. I'm fine with that. Why not? Why not? You got to love those guys. I liked uh, Goody coming on and talking about him being a, a good source of lightening guys up and, and being, uh, I think that was actually after I had to, to bounce on, I was listening to the show when the two of you were talking about his clubhouse presence. And as yeah. he was saying it, it reminded me of Mark Reynolds uh, and, and the, the kind of role that he played on the team. And if you recall, like Reynolds was around a bit for that, that 17 run, not an 18, probably maybe could have, should have, would have <laughs> go back and relitigate that one a little bit. If you'd like, ended up, uh, I think back in Washington for a minute. Um, but he was, yeah, one of those guys that sometimes provided a whole lot of value on the field, sometimes less. So everyone loved him, helped keep things light. Uh, you'll miss him when he's gone, but you know, he's probably not a big part of the team's future, but we, we may look back and go, yep. Kroner, man. That was fun. I was should have gotten two years ago. I wish they talk about my what ifs. I wanted him so bad. Yeah, because yeah, again, well, you know, his his he would have been paid a little bit more of a premium, you know, two years ago. Oh, yeah. and, and and he was, you know, signing those one year deals. He he was paid pretty well. But you know, you could have should have, would have, maybe, you know, created a little bit more cap room to bring him in to play first base and then dare I say, actually keep DJ LeMahieu and what what could have been, what could yeah, have been. That's a, God, that, that is a what if path that hurts to walk down, but it's very true. Um, 
Anybody else that played well that we missed? I said no one pitched well. Right? Well, Estevez, you you pointed that out, and that was yep. good. He was fantastic today. Actually, you know who pitched well on the homestand? Jolie Chassin. <laughs> he did. What about Chichi, who twice again did not get hit out of the park? Gave up early runs. Yeah, but gave them length. Which at the end of the day, again, if you hear. You know, if, 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 again, you're, it's almost like a simulated game. You're, you're more of the, the gamer than I am, but MLB the show, if you say, all right, you know, he, he gave up six runs today, you know, which was, which is a lot more than, than the first outing. Um, but you, you go, all right, well, you know, on, on against a team, maybe you think you're not supposed to hang around with, but uh, it ends up being tied essentially by, by the point that he comes right. out of the game. Again, I, I might be spinning it just a bit there, but, you know, was able to at least give them, give them some length before um, the Brewers, you know, cashed in with that fifth run in the uh, in the fourth and then that one more in the sixth. But if you would have been able to kind of come out of there a little bit more unscathed, four runs with with about six innings pitch, we know that's a course field quality start. Yeah, yeah I, I've, I've always, you know, really admired and appreciated the way Chi-Chi can just put his head down and, and keep going out there and getting outs when he's getting tagged on his mistakes because – like I can't do that plan. It's talking about simulations and me being a gamer and stuff. Like if I had the kind of first two innings that Gigi had, I'd have turned the game off. I, you know, I'm just like, I don't have it right now. Every mistake. I can't get away with one mistake. Like I'd love to make a mistake and have it get hit right at the shortstop. And I, it happens to yeah. me. Happens to our guys, right? You see, oh, it just happened at the end of the ball game. Tapia Blackman both hit the ball really hard, but the first baseman makes nice plays ball game and then Cheech is like every time I make a mistake it's in the gap or down the line or over their heads or over the wall or I just I can't come on give me one hard one right at a fielder one uh but he gets he gets the outs man and so yeah we forgot I think we had talked about it earlier because it happened so many days ago but Marquez did pitch well obviously in his outing yeah uh, we talked about that with Goody just the uh three strikeouts but other than that six innings of one hit baseball and when you go back and look at all of the offense that was put up against all of the pitchers uh relievers and otherwise it was Herman Marquez and Josh Hader were basically the only people who managed to walk out of there unscathed yeah yeah for for anyone that is Frustrating Chi-Chi does not want to see him again for a while. Your wish has been granted. Uh, Rockies do have a have an off day on Monday as well as an off day on Thursday, one of those weird night game followed by a day game up in Seattle. So that's two uh, days where they, they will not need a start. Of course, Austin Gomber should have been in that mix. He is not. Uh, and then, as you said, Herman Marquez, you know, doing, doing well at home, uh, should be and is, is scheduled to make the first start back on Monday, June 28th, against the Pirates for what is being dubbed Opening Day 2.0. That's a that's a good day to get tickets for. That's um, a I think like a 3:30 start. It's like earlier. It's it's much yeah. earlier game, yeah, so they, they have the. I don't think they're gonna do a flyover, but I think they're gonna do some fireworks. Do They'll some unfurl stuff. the gigantic flag and all that jazz. So that will be a good one to be at. So uh, whether it's Marquez or, or Freeland or John Gray. You, you know what it's going to be uh, exciting. And it's against the Pirates. So that's, again, yeah, you, you say, oh, okay, you can get really feel good. It lines yeah. up pretty nicely. Yeah. You think you can win two out of three against the Pirates, especially since you owe them a little bit of a beatdown for getting say, swept in. Uh, in definitely Pittsburgh. owe those guys. Uh, you mentioned Gray had another solid rehab uh, outing. Did give up a home run, but I think just 
two earned runs in six innings, 62 pitches. And it was in Reno, so it may have been it may have been a sacrifice, but that just that just stayed in the got wind. into the Gulf Stream. Yeah. 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 Could have been. Could you never know. So yeah, should be uh should be an interesting couple of weeks coming up, dude. This schedule is stupid. Seattle and then the Brewers again, who <clears throat> yeah. You know, again, they they end up leaving here with a series split, and they win the last two. But they have to be boarding that plane like those freaking Rockies. Like, yeah, what? What, what even? Who was who that? were those guys? Because we almost get they were really those guys, really yeah. good, and they're not supposed to be. No. So that does make you worry a little bit. Like, oh man, are we? Those are the wins again. What's this home? What's this road trip going to be like? <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm promising this is the last one, but only because we're about to wrap up my final video game analogy of the day. But yeah, those are the ones when you win a game like that against a team, you feel like you should beat that you're better than. And then you hit a, a home run, a two run home run in the ninth inning with one away and barely get out of there with a W you don't put down the controller. Like, yeah, I'm the best. I beat that guy. Suck it, buddy. You put you you put it down mad that you won. Even you're like, it shouldn't, it was six it nothing. Yeah, we. <laughs> this was in the friggin' bag. We're, we're up six nothing. We don't have to go to the bullpen at all. Eric Lauer is cruising along yeah. through five innings. And Rockies had gone a, a spell without even having hit. They only had two hits yeah. going into that uh, the sixth inning before Tapia, you know, got it going. And you go, all right, wow, this is exactly what we needed because they they didn't have the luxury of having two off days. In, uh, in in four calendar days, they're still going. They got to go to Arizona. That's nice for them. Uh, but they are they're not going to get an off day until Thursday. I think they had a really long streak or something yeah. like you know twenty one games in twenty three days, something like that. And yet, yeah, you're right. The Rockies Rockies made them still kind of put down that remote that that controller down a little bit firmly. Yeah, a little bit firmly and frustratedly. Yeah, I, I promise you Craig Council is not happy right now, despite the fact that they snuck out those last couple wins. So Yeah, they should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See if the Rockies can keep playing spoiler all year long. Hang out with us on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at Michaela E. Perkins, who will be making her triumphant return to the DMVR Rockies podcast and live shows for you next week so make sure you're joining us make sure you're subscribed to the youtube channel so you can make sure you get all the graphics that we're putting up there on screen gonna be having fun especially now that we're gonna have the graphics department a little more to ourselves over the next couple of weeks we're gonna have a lot of fun be able to play some games hang out do some fun stuff with all you guys because we know that sometimes the baseball is a little rougher sometimes it's great we can talk about it like we did today sometimes we're gonna goof off either way we're gonna do it like family do subscribe to the dnvr.com all that good stuff. Follow on social media. Just keep being absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. We promise to continue being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. Happy Father's Day. We love you, Larry and Dennis. <laughs>